time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Like fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Now, what most people don't realize, and Paul doesn't go into detail, but this concentration of calcium outside the cell is like 20 to 100,000 times higher than it is inside the cell. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrated, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic, and then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day. And it even decreases inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Dr. Joseph Mercola, welcome hey. to the Biohacking Secrets Show. 
Glad to, great to be here. Oh, it's amazing. I, I got a shirt too. Yes, he's got a shirt. is part of the tribe as well. And one of the OGs of biohacking before it was even called biohacking. You've been doing this stuff for a long time. Yes, yes. It's been a passion of mine. Yeah. What was it originally that got you into creating one of the biggest health websites on the internet and helping people to, to take control of their health? Well, like many physicians, I went into medicine to help people and uh, was doing quite a bit of that after I started to learn about natural health. And one of my other passions was uh, technology. So I was online in 1995 uh, when you had to get a modem and it was really complex and computer. It was, wasn't as easy as it is now because um, pretty much everything was wired back then. They, we didn't have wireless. Oh, the good old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wired Ethernet. Um, Actually, it was a phone modem back then. But uh, so I realized that I could help more people than I was seeing in my, my practice. So I was, even though I've seen tens of thousands of patients, maybe 20,000 patients, I could help a lot more than just the people I was seeing. So uh, I was passionate about reading. I read the information and I compiled a newsletter and started giving it away and uh, just started to grow and I understood how to share information in a way that people found appealing and it just became popular. And then at what point did you make the switch from, you know, Chicago, Hoffman Estates down to Florida? I've been living in Florida for about six years now. It's primarily as a result of my girlfriend who yeah. I'm still with, which has been about 10 years now. She unfortunately chose to follow me back to Chicago, <laughs> and uh, which was a mistake. I should have listened to her and then eventually saw the light and moved down to Florida. And we moved our business down here too. Yeah. Not where I live, but my business is on the other coast. And was that primarily to get more, to make it easier to get that sun exposure and the vitamin yes. D that- It's that much healthier found. to live in Florida. There's yeah. no, it's easier to live healthily in Florida would be more accurate. Because uh, the sun is a crucial component of staying healthy. There's a good book by Mark Sorensen, which is called Embracing the Sun, which goes into some of the specific details of that. It was published, I think, uh, last year. So for someone who's listening and may have only heard that the sun increases the risk of skin cancer and a lot of the negatives behind it, what have you come across in the scientific literature and what have you seen well, clinically? Well, what Mark's book goes into, M-A-R-C, goes into is uh, the reason why, because I had known that the dermatologists are opposed to it. In fact, they got me, the, at one point, the Surgeon General was a dermatologist and he's catalyzed the FTC to throw some violation objections at me and was able to get my tanning beds off the market. Uh, that was but, about 5.5 mil, wasn't it? Well, that's, you know, the, some of the papers reporting seven, but I think it was actually 3 million. And what we didn't pay to the FTC, we actually had paid, we had to give refunds to people who requested it and they get to keep them, their tanning beds. So, oh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like there were no patient complaints, no one had an, any injury. But, uh, you know, that's the way it, go, it goes. But anyway, the, the benefit, the, I mean, the, the dermatologists say that skin, that the sun is unhealthy because it's got a skin cancer. Yes, it does increase the risk of certain types of benign skin cancers like basal cell and squamous cell. But, it, you know, for every one that you're doing, every one that, of those benign cancers you get doesn't increase melanoma rate. In fact, it decreases it. You actually have a, you cut down the risk of, heart disease and cancer. So it's like a 500 to one ratio. Right. And the reason why the dermatologists, I didn't ever knew this until I read his book, were so opposed to it was because of the 
sunscreen manufacturers. That was the lobby that pushed them forward. And it was millions and millions of dollars that they're supporting it. And uh, that's the reason why dermatologists are so opposed to the sun. I mean, it's so blatantly obvious that you need to have something. Now, it needs to be sensible sun exposure. You should never get sunburned, obviously. I mean, that's good. You know, it could be irrational if you think it should be sunburned. But because that's risky, but if you have normal, healthy exposure on a lot of your skin, then that's one of the best things you can do. Because not only does it have UVB to create vitamin D, but it also has near infrared and the UVA, which both increase nitric oxide, lowers your blood pressure. And it also is a fuel source for cytochrome C oxidase in mm -hmm. mitochondria to give you some energy. So there's a lot more benefit to getting your vitamin D from the sun than from swallowing a pill, which is, I've been taking vitamin D pills for over 10 years. I was gonna ask about yeah. that, yeah. Um, and you sort of made the comparison that it's much easier to be healthy in Florida. Part of that, I would assume, is because of how much, how much longer it takes to get the required sun exposure up north in Chicago to produce the vitamin well, D. Well, there's a the length of time, but also the length of the year that you can get right. adequate. So, I mean, you literally have like four more months up here than you do up north. Yeah. Where I'm from in Chicago. So, I mean, it's like, there was like a window of about four or five months where you can get decent vitamin D. Right. Or UVB to get vitamin D. Here, it's like probably closer to 10 months, 10 and a half months. Yeah, yeah. And so we have, um, You've been, you've been biohacking and pioneering this space for a long time. Aside from getting more sunlight and making the move to Florida, mm -hmm. what is another biohack that has had a massive impact on your quality of life and your health? Well, one of the most important ones is recognizing the danger of EMF. And I have been uh, explaining to people for probably 15 years of the dangers and that it caused damage in a mechanism that was called non-thermal. And so I intellectually, academically understood that, but I didn't embrace it. And then I didn't fully understand, I just knew that. You know, it was just like this fact hanging in there. And it, it, it never hit my mind in a way to motivate me to action. And hopefully I'm gonna share some of that because my next book, actually my next book that's being published is called Keto Fast. And we could hopefully talk about that for a bit. <clears throat> that's coming out at April 30th this year. But the one I'm working on now is about EMF, which I actually started writing like three years ago, but had to put it on hold because I had three other books to write in the meantime. And the timing was off too. But EMF, the appreciation of EMF and limiting the exposure is probably the single most important thing I've done in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the, the there's a lot of confusion on this. Lots of confusion because we know like big pharma, it, it lobbies and big creates, telecom. Well, telecom industry and wireless industry, you know, they they have uh, this revolving door lobby between the, the federal regulatory agencies and industry. In fact, the, the head of the lobbying for telecommunications, Tom Wheeler, I don't know if you've heard of him before. No. He was head, he was elected by the president or appointed by the head of the FTC. It's the, the top post for regulation of the wireless industry. He was the head. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, what can you expect? They, they've essentially... Now, it seems a, a conflict of interest. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you. So it's not, it's not just a minor one. But the, it's pretty obvious to me, and anyone who's carefully examine this, that cigarettes are indeed... Or no, cell phones are indeed the cigarettes of the 21st century. Right. And we know what happened with tobacco. In the 70s, the EPA and the FTC, FTC, FDA both came out and said that cigarettes are unhealthy. Surgeon General said, you should stop smoking. 
but the tobacco industry, and there's this, another good book called Merchants of Doubt and a movie that is very illuminating with respect, with respect to the specific tactics that the industry used, that highlighted, that essentially employed these tactics and was for literally 30 years, was even though the regulatory agents were saying it was dangerous, told people outright it was dangerous, they created doubt that there's not a consensus, that there's and they confused the people for 30 years. Yeah. So even with the regulatory agents saying it's dangerous, 30 years later, they finally, everyone knows now. Right. So it's even worse with wireless because the federal regulatory agencies are bought for by the industry and they're not saying it's dangerous, even though it is. So like hardly anyone understands it. So we're literally decades away from having the same type of intervention that we had with smoking. So we're going through history's repeating itself. Exactly. Essentially. And you can see what, in, in the book, Virgins of Doubt, they discuss not only tobacco, but asbestos and, and about four or five other different topics. And you can see that it's the same pattern every time. In fact, that the wireless industry is hiring the same PR agency as tobacco did. <laughs> so, you know, there's, this, there's a reason why to understand it. So thankfully, we know the mechanism now. And I, I just learned the mechanism about two or three years ago from Dr. Martin Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, who I'm sure you've heard of him, but actually you know, because you, you're into this. So it's just these calcium channels. Yeah, well, for, there's a lot of listeners that probably aren't even aware that yeah. cell phones and Wi-Fi and cell towers are yeah. impacting their health. So maybe you can give people, you know, the, the 101 overview on how these invisible things yeah. act like toxins in the body. Well, I see, I'm sure most people are aware of the controversy. Some people the say it's dangerous, right. some yeah. people say it's not, but, they're so Let me go. darn it's inconvenient. Convenient. Yes. It's the convenience <laughs> of having wireless. And I am not a technophobe by any way, or a Luddite. You know, I've embraced technology. That's one of the reasons why I got to be where it is. Yeah. Because I love technology. But so you don't want, there's lots of motivation to not want to believe this. So anyone that says, yeah, there's, you know, it's not an issue, but there is, you know, and, and I, even I didn't get it, you know, mm -hmm. and I should know better. So I'm sure many people listening to this or watching this are, are in the same boat. So if, and if you want more details, you can hook up Martin Paul, P-A-L-L on YouTube. He's got like a dozen lectures out there. It goes into all specific science, but he's pretty deep. So my job, he's a pretty hardcore molecular biologist, biochemist. He doesn't speak normal language, you know, but he speaks, I mean, his stuff is spot on. It's really good, but you got to have these academically trained to understand it. So my job was to translate it. So essentially it boils down to these calcium, these EMFs activate these calcium, these cal voltage-gated calcium channels. They allow calcium to go from the outside of the cell to the inside. Now, what most people don't realize, and Paul doesn't go into detail, but this concentration of calcium outside the cell is like 20 to 100,000 times higher than it is inside the cell. And when you think of calcium, you say, well, calcium is in my bones, you know, gives me structural strength. Yes, it does that, and thank God it does that, but it serves a lot of other roles in the body. It's a biological signaling molecule. You know, it's to fire muscles and to have all these other nerve transmission, neurobiogenesis or neurogenesis. So it transfers that information and your, these, these receptors are sensitive to the EMFs. And now here's the key point, is that the safety standards for your phone, my phone, were developed not on that concept, they're developed on the thermal issue, the issue of heating, because the, the EMFs are microwaves, and just like the microwaves in your oven, which you shouldn't have, by the way, what's the best microwave oven, do you know? 
<laughs> not having one? That's right. That's right. Boom. It's a steam convection oven is the, is, the, is the right answer to that. So, but the microwave will vibrate charged particles inside and outside the cell and it heats it up. When they're vibrating, they're, they create heat. And your cell phone will not damage your body based on that mechanism. It does not thermal, does not cause enough heat radiation. Based on cooking you, it's not cooking you. It's not you. cooking you. Right, that's not the problem It's not the problem. So that's what all the safety standards are based on, but that's all not the problem. All based on that. It's based on this voltage-gated calcium channel. And we know from hundreds and hundreds of studies that this is, this is well-established. Right. And those channels, how much more sensitive to the EMF do you think they are than the charged particles? I would imagine quite a bit. 10, 20, what do you think? Thousand? Good guess, 7.2 million. Wow. So what does that mean? That means the safety standards are off by 7.2 million. 7.2 million. And this is not necessarily something that you can feel. No, right? no, you can't feel it. It's, it's, and so, and let me give you another good example because yeah. this, this helps people understand. I've just really put it together. Uh, for the book I'm writing, which created some really nice graphics. This is going to be great. I can't, I can't wait for this book to come out. I'm anyway, very excited for the, it. Uh, and we have a mutual friend, Nick Pinot. Oh yeah, in, in, in Nick Pinot. Pinot is it Pinot? I don't know. He's a lot French Canadian. It's hard to last name. So, but he's got the best book out there right now. Yeah, the EMF guy, Tinfoil Hat to EMF Guide to EMF. I think is what the title yeah. is. And if you want to some more information now, then get his book because it is clearly the best. Grab book. Grab that and then grab Dr. Yeah. Mercola's book. We'll, as we'll, as we'll be out. We'll be out by in a year or so. It's, and it's it goes more deeper into the science than Nick's, Nick's doing. But get, he, Nick has a lot of good practical recommendations. Right. Him. So. Um, that everyone knows that ionizing radiation, which is a little uh, shorter wavelengths, um, is dangerous. X-rays, gamma rays, right? We, right. we have to wear Geiger, we have Geiger counters, we have to wear these detectors and their lead aprons when you get in X-rays and everything. It's dangerous, well accepted, no controversy. Uh -huh. So how, does, how do X-rays cause cancer? They do it in basically because these short wavelengths are very powerful, a lot of energy, yeah. okay? So that's ionizing radiation. This energy comes in and it can do, do one of two things. It can actually, has enough energy to break the covalent bonds in DNA. But- Which is, that, why is that bad? Well, when you, it caused DNA damage. Right. It, it'll increase cancer rate. It'll, it'll premature your age you, cause senescent cells. It's just inflammation. It's just about the most dangerous thing you can do to your body is increase DNA breaks. Okay. Fortunately, we have systems to repair that. And I'll get into that in a minute. Okay, great. Uh, but it does it through directly breaking the damaging the covalent bond. The secondary way and more common is that it creates hydroxyl free radicals right in the nucleus. Direct, and that's important because hydroxyl free radicals only last like a billionth of a second. And they're created in the mitochondria, but because they only last a billionth of a second, can only travel a few proteins. And they cannot escape the mitochondria, they cannot go into the cytoplasm, they can't go into the nucleus. But the ionizing radiation does it right there, bang! You know, that's X-rays and gamma rays, you know, uh, exposure to uh, nuclear isotopes. Very dangerous, increases your cancer, it will kill you if you get enough. Almost instantly, certainly increase your risk of cancer long-term. So, Cell phones and wireless do not cause damage that way, but it's the same type of damage they cause. They do it in a different mechanism. So that, okay, we go back to the voltage-gated calcium channels. 
calcium rushes in the cell. What the hell does calcium do when you have increased levels? It does two things. It increases nitric oxide, which is a really good thing. Yeah. You know, it has so many benefits, you know, primarily vascular, increased lowers your blood pressure, erectile, erectile dysfunction. So you get more blood flow, it's great stuff. But when you combine it with superoxide, it forms this pernicious free radical. It's not really a free radical, but it functions like one. It's called perioxynitrite. And if you, you probably have some really diligent biohackers on your, yeah. your tribe, right? Mm -hmm. So if you do, then you want to pick up this, go into Google and type in nitric oxide and perioxynitrite in health and disease. Okay. And Patcher is the author, P-A-C-H-E-R. The article is 12 years old. It's a book. It's okay. 140 pages. It's free. It has 1,400 references. Wow. It, will, it took me a week to read, and I read it twice, and I plan on reading it again before I finish my book. It is the probably the best article I've ever read on study. It's fantastic. So if you read that and stick with it, you know, look up the terms you don't know, you'll really have a deep, profoundly understanding of what perioxynitrite is. Because virtually any physician practicing, or even probably the ones in school now don't know, have a faintest clue what this is. Because it's more in the realm of molecular biology. But this lasts nine billion times longer than hydroxyl free radical. That means it's long, live enough to easily pass out of the cell onto the mitochondria, into cytoplasm, into the nucleus, and in between cells. I mean, it lives a long time, relatively long time. It's still, uh, you know, one or two seconds, but that's nine billion times longer than hydroxyl radicals. So it's more pernicious than hydroxyl, which is previously thought to be the most dangerous one out there. So perioxynitrate. So that perioxynitrate comes in, sneaks in, goes to the nucleus and damages the DNA, cuts out the bonds, just like the ionizing radiation. Wow. Yeah. So what's It's happening? very similar. So it's ionizing radiation, non-ionizing. Your cell phone is non-ionizing radiation. It does not enough energy. There's not enough energy in those, in those wavelengths to damage the DNA directly. It's an indirect mechanism through peroxynitrite. So, so many people are becoming more aware of environmental toxins, mm -hmm. pesticides and things like that. Glyphosate specifically. That's glyphosate. That's a big yeah, glyphosate. Is, are there parallels to what's happening in the body when we're exposed to cell phone radiation, Wi-Fi, cell yeah, towers, yeah. and it, what happens if we're exposed to toxins? Yeah, there's typically more. So to find out the tissues that are most uh, commonly affected, you have to look at the density of the voltage-gated calcium channels and what tissues have those. The highest ones are the brain and the heart. And also your reproductive system. So it hits those tissues. So you have a radical increase in neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's, and neuropsychiatric diseases. Yeah. You, arrhythmias. If someone you know has an arrhythmia, you've got to look. The first thing you look at is their exposure to wireless radiation. Mm -hmm. And you cut that off, and it should, it, in many cases, if that most, it's going to improve. You were someone that turned me on to that. Yeah. And when I had clients with arrhythmias and- Did they get better? Yeah. That, and adding a little bit of magnesium, which you oh, also yeah. suggested. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> magnesium. Because there's, there, there's so many, so let me just finish up this damage and then I'll go into some of the really cool biohacks. Yeah. Because the biggest biohack is making sure you do not have expo unnecessary exposure to EMF radiation, which mm -hmm. means Hopefully you're motivated just from now what you've heard to never, 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 ever carry your cell phone on your body unless it's an airplane mode. Mm -hmm. Or you have some radical emergency, but even then put it on the, you know, in the car or five feet away as far as you can. Mm -hmm. Okay, get it off your body. It's crazy. 
You should not have it on your body. But anyway, the peroxynitrile <laughs> comes in, causes damage. Thank God our body and its wisdom, being I mean, literally many, many years, well before wireless radiation was ever discovered, we have a mechanism to repair DNA damage. And the funda one of the fundamental enzymes to repair that is called PARP, poly-ADP ribose polymerase, PARP. Comes there, it does its damage, and it can clean up the mess. Does It does it with ionizing radiation or, or non-ionizing radiation. So the, here's the key thing, that the biggest consumer, what's the biggest consumer of NAD plus in the body? The mitochondria? Nope. No? Nope. I'm out of guesses. PARP. <laughs> PARP? PARP. Huh. PARP sucks up the most NAD. So can you take NAD supplements and augment? Yes, we're gonna go over that in a little bit. But doesn't it make a lot more sense to address the issues that are causing your body to use it. Okay, this is huge. I'm connecting dots. So that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So for the listeners who are not familiar with NAD. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the next question because I don't know what your audience knows. What does? How, how deep do we have to go to explain that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some people that are very advanced, and some people who are hearing some of this stuff for the first time. Yeah. But this is amazing, especially because we've both seen how popular NAD plus IVs yeah, yeah. and yeah, supplements yeah. have become. You're sort of explaining the biochemical pathways that justify that. Yes, the need for that, because NAD yeah. decreases as you age, and Sinclair's done a lot of work out at Harvard, and published a new book, actually, a few months uh, on this, and um, it really is crucial. It's, it's one of the most important things you can do to extend your lifespan at this point, the quality of life and decrease degenerative disease, because almost everything that increases NAD are all the healthy things anyway. They're gonna have a lot of other benefits. Right. You know, decrease inflammation and telomere length and all those. So. I think we've established a need for NAD plus, but we didn't explain what it was. So NAD is a family of coenzymes. There's four, NAD plus NADH. They're kind of connected. And the higher the NAD, the better, plus over NADH. That ratio, in fact, determines as a really key index for longevity. But then, and these levels are 100,000 times lower, there's this enzyme called NADK or NAD kinase, which is a kinase as, a mo as an enzyme that puts a phosphate on. So this NAD kinase, phosphorylates NAD to form NAD plus. Now, NAD plus is not the good guy in this case, because when you reduce it to NADPH, that's the good guy. Okay. Have you heard of NADPH before? No. NADPH is the hidden mystery. It is the battery of your cell. It is the primary donator of electrons to recharge your intracellular antioxidants, glutathione, vitamin C, vitamin E, catalase, SOD, you know, right. this is what it helps regenerate. So, and you can't do that without electrons, and NADPH does that. So when you increase NAD, you'll downstream, you increase NADPH. And there's, there's other ways to increase NADPH too, which is to inhibit NOx. Uh, NOx is NADPH oxygenase, oxidase, which, which actually oxidizes NADPH, uses, takes up that and turns NADPH into NADP, which is not as good. It's kind of reversed in the other ratio, NADP is, not, is the one you want less of, and NADPH is the one you can't get enough of. That's the good guy, yeah. you know? And it's one of the ways, and it's important to know that because it helps explain some of the biohacks. And if you understand the biochemistry, you can appreciate the biohacks. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, well, so what is it useful? I mean, it is, the, it is the most important biomolecule in your body. You could not 
function with oxidative phosphorylation of mitochondria. You could not create energy without it. You need NAD and NADH, primarily mm -hmm. in mitochondria, but it does that. It makes nucleotides, fatty acids it, with NADPH. It's just, it, your body, it just needs it. If you didn't have NAD, you'd be dead in 15 seconds. You could go without oxygen for a lot longer than that. <laughs> and you can go without food and water for even longer. So NADPH is fundamental, probably even more, well, it's just as fundamental as ATP. I mean, which is the way you generate energy, obviously. I mean, well, no. So I could go into energy generation, but there's not enough time. So what we'll do is go into, because it's really a fascinating story, this way the way yeah. body creates energy in your body. It's just, oh. Well, I mean, let me, let's go there in a little bit, because essentially, I think it's, it, if we even go, you can go a little longer, because it, it's an important story. Yeah. So you eat food, primarily as fats and carbs. I mean, you have protein, but that's for structural stuff and your enzymes and proteins. You don't really burn that for fuel. You could, but you typically don't. You can burn glycerol or alcohol too, but it's primarily fats and carbs. So you take these as fuel and it's digested and broken down to its products and finally reaches the mitochondria where it, primarily the mitochondria in the form where 85% of your energy is generated. It grabs these electrons. Okay, and the electrons from the, your food go and they pass through these set of five proteins or four proteins in the, in the, in the uh, mitochondrial membrane in the matrix there. And it passes them through and NAD is, H is part of that process. And in, the pro, and in, in that version, it, it just passes these electrons all along and ultimately the ultimate electron acceptor is oxygen. So the oxygen you breathe gets, it passes that. And when you got add the electrons to the, to the oxygen, it forms water. Now it's not a perfect process. There's some leakage in that electron transport chain mm -hmm. uh, by, uh, handoff. And about two to 3% of that leakage forms reactive oxygen species. These really reactive things like superoxide and hydrogen peroxide and hydroxyl free radicals, but they pretty much stay in the mitochondria. That's why the mitochondria DNA gets damaged so much. And that those, those reactive oxygen species rarely ever pass out of the mitochondrial membrane into the DNA if the nucleus. So they stay there and they create this, I mean, they maybe can pass out into the cytoplasm, but anyway, they're, they're, they're created there. Now, if you have this basal level, like you and your team and most of the people watching, you're healthy, you're metabolically flexible, you're burning fat for fuel. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're creating the superoxide, these reactive oxygen species at that level. And, and it's so important, those aren't bad free radicals. Not all free radicals are bad, you need some. Just like nitric oxide is a free radical, you need it. Too much is a problem. So when you eat improperly and you're burning carbs as your primary fuel, very inefficient process. It makes a lot more reactive oxygen species, maybe 40% more. So you have more superoxide to combine with nitric oxide. When those EMFs hit your voltage-gated calcium channels, and it makes peroxynitrate more. That makes sense. So one of the first steps is to Make sure you're metabolically flexible. As I discussed, I'm sure you're, 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 you're excited. I've, I've read your book, Fat, Fat for, for Fuel. Fuel. It's fantastic. And my new book, Keto Fast, which is really more of a longevity hack. The foundation is Fat for Fuel. Mm -hmm. But the big thing with Keto Fuel or Keto Fast, and I didn't bet this, but I mean, the research is so clear. Sachin Panda is probably the biggest, best guy on that, is to compress your eating window. It's probably the single biggest message I give to people. Initially, 10 years, 15 years ago, the message was, and I feel so thankful and proud that I was able to be a big part and catalyst in this movement 
was to help the public understand that the, the single most important step they can take to improve their health was to stop drinking soda. Yeah. I think yeah. people have got that message. Mm-hmm. When I started preaching that in the early 2000s, that was not known. It really wasn't. I mean, not, I mean, many people understood that, but the general public was clueless. Mm-hmm. They were beyond clueless. I'd go, you got a plane, you know, in the early 2000s, and people have soda all the time. Yeah. They still do, but at least now it's died. And there's still confusion about that because of the industry. But at least they got the message and they were getting the, the fruit juice is the same thing. So people get that. What they don't get now is that you need to compress your eating window. How do I know? Because of Sachin Panda's research. He showed that over 90% of the public, 90%, nine out of 10 people eat more than 12 hours a day. Even with all this intermittent fasting that people are doing? 90%. So the single best hack, even if you don't change your foods, which you don't recommend, obviously, you wanna eat the highest quality non-processed food you could, compress your eating window to six to eight hours which will help dramatically improve your longevity and will increase your NAD levels too. And long-term fasting, longer term, and I'm not a big fan, I, when I wrote this book, Keto Fast, I was gonna write it about water fasting. And then after I dug into the research, I realized, no, water fasting isn't, I don't believe is that good for you. And I don't recommend it anymore after doing the research. So, cause I think you can get the similar benefits and do that more frequently by doing partial fast, like two day partial fast. And I do it twice a week twice a week. And then you, you know what happens when you fast is respect to NAD? No. You increase your NAD levels by 30%. Wow. 30%. So everything that we've been talking about, Boom. declining NAD levels, all you got to do is condense that feeding window and you get a 30% increase yeah. in your you also endogenous all, NAD plus. It, you also inhibit at the mTOR pathway. Right. And when you do that, you activate autophagy. Autophagy comes from the Greek words, self-eating, which is the process that we use to describe removal of cellular parts that are damaged and need to be replaced. It is not apoptosis, which is removal of the whole cell. And there's like three different types of autophagy. There's microautophagy, macroautophagy, and CMA or chaperone-mediated autophagy. But essentially it's, it's a, brilliant mechanism body has to go in there and remove this stuff and you activate it. So the key thing is to activate autophagy and you could do that. You do it with somewhat with intermittent fasting. And I do a six to eight hour fast, a six to eight hour window, eating window every day. That's pretty much my standard. Uh, It's really rare, maybe once a month I'll go off, off of that, but it's unusual. Are there any concerns for people that have adrenal fatigue or all out adrenal failure um, or people that are dealing with a cumulative, a, a number of other cumulative stressors, maybe they're exercising a lot, where fasting can become another stressor and become detrimental? Yes, there are some. There's a few indications where partial partial fasting should not be done or maybe it, it'd be somewhat careful with intermittent fasting. And those are if you're underweight, okay. you should not do it. If you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, Okay. You know, but if you're a woman and you're concerned about hormonal differences, that's just a bunch of nonsense. And before we kind of tie it back into EMFs and NAD, a number of people, especially when they're in a dilapidated state of health, mm-hmm. feel like they need to eat every two hours mm-hmm. or they become a reason for that. ravenous. Right. Why is that? And how can they it's adapt? It's real easy to understand. Yeah. 
because they can, they're not metabolically flexible. They cannot break down the fat they have stored in their body and access as energy. You need energy. You have to have energy. If you if you run out of energy, you're gonna your gas tank is dry. You're gonna have problems. You'll feel tired, fatigued, and you just won't be able to function. You won't be able to think clearly. So their only fuel is glucose. And when their glycogen stores go low, they don't have fuel anymore because they can't access the fat. So they do have, there's this transition period of a few weeks where they'll be uncomfortable and tired. One of the ways around that is to use a very short chain fat, like MCT oil would be best. Caprylic acid would be even better than okay. C8. Uh, and even better, yeah, would be exogenous ketones. Ketone right. Okay, so you are esters. a fan of exogenous ketones. Yeah, I don't, I don't use, I mean, for, in this situation where a person has to go through this transition phase, then it may make sense. But okay. there is another case for it. It's really good. And I guess we can skip over here now. Um, ask one of the, because you fly. I mean, we all fly. I mean, if yeah. anyone in this, this arena will be flying, I try to fly as little as possible. Typically, it's once a month. So what can you do? based on the information we have now, which I didn't fully explain yet, but to, to biohack and minimize the damage from ionizing radiation when you're flying at 35,000 feet. And there's non-ionizing too, because they got Wi-Fi. Okay, so you got non-ionizing and ionizing causing the same damn damage. <laughs> yeah. how, do you, how do you mitigate that? How do you prevent it? We do a ton of true molecular hydrogen tablets. Okay, um, that is one good way. That I, is absolutely one good. I do and you know how, you know, do you know how that works? Well. Do you know, you know how those work? They both have similar mechanisms, at least we think they do. My understanding was to neutralize some of those intracellular free radicals. Nope. The, no? Well, it does, but how yeah. does it do that? Um, my, my understanding was that because it's so small, it's able to get into the intracellular space because it's such a small molecule, the H2. Well, it's molecular hydrogen, so it can get in there, but it, once it gets in, it doesn't neutralize them directly. That's a mis misnomer. It doesn't, oh. well, you would think it would, it would neutralize hydroxyl free radical, but that's not the way it works. No. It works indirectly and even better. It works hermetically. It stimulates a pathway called NRF2. Okay. And, and that is the beauty of it. It stimulates NRF2. So molecular hydrogen and CBD both are NRF2 stimulators. And curcumin. Oh, and curcumin. And Those are the things that I load up on before quercetin, I Quercetin. Right. You know, but there's better ways. Yeah? Yeah. Do share. <laughs> so molecular hydrogen is definitely one of them. Yeah. And there's two other ones that increase your NAD. No, and actually increase ketones. So what can you do when you fly? Fast? Yes! <laughs> it's free! Boom! <laughs> it's totally free! Stop the adult airplane food. Even better, like I, I, I seek to get an early morning flight, not six, it's a little bit too early because you, know, you got to get up three hours before Jerry's the flight. Been booking a few 6 a.m. Oh, flights lately. Those are, sometimes <laughs> you don't have a choice, you know, right. but it's like once or twice a year for me, I have to book a six, but it's, you know, I intentionally go for the seven to nines. So that's beautiful. You got a seven o'clock night, you do not eat. And you have stopped eating at three o'clock the night before. So you're going in there fast and you're not eating until you land. But even then, maybe an hour or two hours afterwards. Why? Because you increase your ketones big time. So, why is that good? This is the key. Ketones are magic when it comes to oxidative stress for a number of ways. They increase, they're HDAC inhibitors, histone deacetylase inhibitors. And as a result of that, they radically decrease inflammation. They increase a pathway called FOXO3A, and, 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 and I believe NRF2, that increases catalase, superoxide dismutase, NADPH, it increases NADPH to recharge all your intracellular antioxidants. So you can't take vitamin C and vitamin E. It's too damn big a molecule, it won't go in there 
and do it. The only reason why your polyphenols that you're taking are working is because they're causing this activation of the NRF2 pathway. They're not directly antioxidants, they're hormetic antioxidants. Right. Yeah, so that's one way is you fast. And you could also take exogenous ketones. So what I'm hearing you say is that vitamin C, which many people are taking to prevent the common cold, and you'll probably go into why that's not the best approach. Not to prevent it, but to treat it. To treat it, right. I would never take it to prevent it. And, and why is that? Because it's just not, just get it from your diet. I mean, or maybe take, I personally take a 200 milligrams of vitamin C a day and I split up into four. Okay. Or 250. So I'd say like 60 milligrams four times a day. Okay. Because don't, you don't need a lot. You just, it's just to cover your bases. But when you're sick, you uh, you go big guns. Three grams liposomal C every hour. Right. Because that's, it, that's it, what Carrie took of your it, liposomal C. It works. Today. Yeah, we've got one of the best ones in the market. Uh, it it it's just that's like a miracle thing, and it, and it doesn't work because it's it, vitamin C converts to hydrogen peroxide. It's a very powerful pro-oxidant mm -hmm. that can go in and blast, obliterate those pathogens. So that's the way it works. And then, you know, you take it for a day or two and that's it. You don't take it regularly. Mm -hmm. So, and I wouldn't take a gram a day. That's way too much. I mean, people can argue with me, but that's my, that's the conclusion I've reached. And so people's understanding has been that they take vitamin C and that's the antioxidant. But what you're saying is no, the, the vitamin C is creating this hermetic response in the body and upregulating NRF2 and some of these- No, other vitamin C doesn't do it. Vitamin C is an antioxidant, there's no question. Okay. But it's it's hanging around, there's there's this basal level of vitamins in your body. What's it, and it's essentially, it's a, it, when it's, and it's beneficial active form, it's, a re, it's reduced and it, and it donates, it, and it neutralizes that and it loses its, its electrons and it gets recharged by an ADPH. So you're not giving new anti, you want to, and it gets, you eventually gets used up, which is why you have to replace it. Otherwise you get scurvy, you know, if it's severe. Uh, but you, you, know, you know, to all what, our pirates listening. Do, 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 you know, <laughs> do you know what uh, you get if you don't get enough niacin, which is one of the, this is the, the best precursor for, for not NAD? It's at the foundation of NAD is niacin. Yeah. No, what? It's called pellagra. Huh. Yeah, people, lots of people died from pellagra at the beginning of the 20th century until they started to fortify the fields. Foods, because they were eating, the, you know, these certain dyes, Mexican dyes and stuff, a lot of corn, and they were niacin deficient dyes, and they developed pellagra. Uh, diarrhea, dermatitis, and dementia, and death, the four Ds. Yeah, so it's a serious disease. But you know what? It wasn't really niacin deficient. It was a deficiency of mm. NAD. You couldn't give, you didn't have to give them a microgram of niacin. You could have give, given them NAD precursors and they would have got better. Because the niacin worked because it converts to NAD. So before I ask you about the current state of NAD deficiency and what's causing yeah. that and how that relates to EMS, yeah, yeah. when you fly, walk us through Dr. Okay, Mercola's process. I don't eat. Okay. I'll be fasting. So the, it goes back to my book, Keto Fast. First step is to compress your eating window. Eat in six to eight hours. So I eat typically at nine, I'm done at three. It's okay. my typical window. Sometimes it's 10 to four, you know, it depends. But that's 9, 30, 3, 30, somewhere in that range. Uh, I mean, if you go eight hours, it's fine. I just like to a little more compress. So the key thing is at least three to four hours before you go to bed. Because that's the last thing you want to do is create food as fuel and create energy while you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. Bad idea, bad idea. My so I'm, I'm, tank. I'm not eating before. So I'm fasted the night before and I don't eat on a flight. That's the first step. Then I'll take molecular hydrogen tablets. 
How many do you do when you fly? I do one every 90 minutes or so. Okay. Yeah, I could do two. Now, it, t- it takes a while to go. So I'll do it when I get, before I go on the flight. Mm-hmm. I'll take one as soon as the flight, as soon as I can. If I'm in first class, I'll do it before I take off. If I'm, uh, you know, coach, then I'll take it when they serve me water. Because uh, you need water uh, to do it. But the Trucy tablets work. They're, they're high dose. And I think they're nine parts per million or nine milligrams per liter. Uh, and then I'll do, I, I haven't done this yet, but I experimented, but now I'm committed. And my last flight, I realized I'm committed to exogenous ketones. And in fact, I got the ketone aid. Yeah. Yeah, 600 ml. So it's pricey, 300 bucks. Yeah. But you take like 10 or 20 mls. So it lasts about a year. And you don't have to, you know, if you're an obsessive compulsive like me, then do it, you know. But do it on the flight. That you want to do on the flight. You don't want to do it before. Okay. And if it's a long flight, if I'm flying international, I probably take two or three doses. Two or three doses of the the ketone aid. Yeah, it's like every every ninety minutes. Okay. So. And you measure. I, That's I'll, a big one. I wasn't doing that. I, on my flight, I measure my ketones. Yeah. And the, what's the best meter? Uh, the Precision Extra. By nope. Abbott? Nope. What is Ooh, it? Good thing you came today, guys. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> is it, the keto the keto mojo. Keto mojo. All right. You know why? Strips no. are a dollar. Okay. One dollar strips. <laughs> but it's real hard to find. Yeah. It's on Amazon. It is on Amazon. <laughs> there we go. One dollar strips. Can't, yeah. can't argue good? with one dollar strips. Yeah. So beautiful. And what's um anything else that's a part of your flight? Oh why the my seatmate loves me. I was what the hell is that guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> Pulls out the beakers. <laughs> Safety goggles. Yeah. Um, well, usually in the morning I'm not. But sometimes if I if I got a seven o'clock flight, I'll have my blue blocker glasses on. So. Yeah. A lot of people talk about the risk of like deep vein thrombosis when flying and therefore advocate taking like an aspirin or three or four baby aspirin. What's your take on that? No, if you're doing what I said, you're radically lowering inflammatory pathways. Okay. You know, and these ketones are massive inhibitors of inflammation. Okay. Radically reducing, so you don't have to worry about it. But still, you get up and walk, you know, like every ninety minutes or so, or at least at least every ninety, maybe every thirty or forty. Yeah. Do you get a workout in when you land? Um, it depends. I used to do the nitric oxide dump, but now, uh, I don't typically. It's, it, my, my, I've revised my, my journey in exercise has gone a lot of different routes, but I've been in the process of revising. I, I used to, a lot of times I don't, if I'm still will, if I'm waiting for luggage, I'll just do a nitric oxide dump. It's probably the best thing to do. I'm, I'm interested in hearing what your weekly workout regimen looks like these days. Oh, that would take a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, so bringing things back to, to EMFs that we're exposed to, you talked about how to mitigate it on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we, what's the biggest threat with EMFs? Is it 5G? How do we protect ourselves? Well, 5G is just an extension, an exacerbation of what we already have. Uh, it won't be deployed for a while, thankfully, but it's coming. It's inevitable. There's no way around it. And the reason why it's so dangerous is because it's a longer wavelength and there's it's not as powerful. So they need more of them and a greater density of these towers. So they're like, in a normal city block, you might have them um, four or five of them. Of the, the, in one city block? Yeah. I mean, there's gonna be, it's, you don't have like hundreds of times more than you do with 4G. That's why it's taking take so long to deploy. So it's everywhere, you can't escape it. That's the biggest danger, it's just pervasive. So some of the cell phone towers you can, you can, you can. so, but here's the danger. 
of saying that and alarming people is that they think, <laughs> no, serious. No, there is a concern. You're Be- all going to Because die. it abrogates the personal responsibilities. Like, well, what the hell am I going to do? Right, do they do throw their thing? arms up in the air. Throw their arms up. Because most, of, even with the implementation of 5G, where is most of your danger coming from? It's coming from your phone and your Wi-Fi router. Right. Not from the stuff outside. Right. Wi-Fi router on in your house is like having a cell phone tower in your room. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would you do that? When you mm-hmm. have control, and you and I both have Ethernet, we were talking yeah. about that before. I mean, I figured I haven't. I've only had it for about two years. But, you know, I, I I got some damage from EMF exposure unknowingly. I didn't realize it, but I'm pretty convinced it was a, it was a big issue. So, but I've remediated that now, mm-hmm. and uh, really thankful I did. So, um, yes. So the to, two most important things to. to there's a lot of fine tuning this. You read Nick's book to go into the details, but the two most important things are to make sure you do not have Wi-Fi on, at least at night, and preferably and ideally spend the money, go to a home theater specialist, if you don't know who, that can install Ethernet cables where you need them. They'll do it, Mm -hmm. and they can run the walls, the wires to the wall. And it's a pain in the ass, believe me, because you you gotta hook up to Ethernet adapters, your notebooks and stuff. I mean, it's not a problem on your desktop, but I I take my notebook all the way around, every day I'm moving to 10 different places depending on where I'm at so I can listen to stuff and po- watch podcasts and things. Yeah. And uh, those those ports get worn out. It's just a pain. It's a <laughs> giant, giant pain, but it's worth it. Yeah. So you just go to go to have, get rid of your Wi-Fi and then make sure your phone is only on you in airplane mode mm-hmm. and use it as minimal as possible. And I asked you how long or how frequently I charge my phone and you were shocked to yeah. find out that I charge my phone like maybe once every 10 days. That's amazing. And if for some reason I need a hospital, I'm traveling. I mean, if, if I have to hail an Uber or something when I'm traveling, you know, it might be every four or five days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, you know, I can easily go four or five days without a problem. So for someone listening that hasn't done anything to mitigate EMFs, am I hearing you correct that the biggest things are unplug the Wi-Fi at night at a minimum? At a minimum. Preferably, preferably switch. Take the next, yeah, switch over. Do, switch do, over. Do, 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 do. Which, which you and I have. And it's not... It wasn't that difficult for me. We made sure that the signal was turned off and then we have ethernet cords yeah, and you USB adapters. But, but I would verify. So mm-hmm. my favorite uh, device is called the Acousticom 2. Acousticom, it's a radio frequency detector. It costs about $150, very hard to find. Just like the Keto Mojo, it's on Amazon. <laughs> so, uh, and it will, it's very nice because it's an analog signal. It will show you graphically light up from green or no green, preferably to all the way into the red. And you know, you can just figure that out, you know? So you don't have to know what the, the units are, but so you want to measure that because sometimes, like, especially when I did, I mean, that's why I switched my routers. I, a lot, almost all the routers have Wi-Fi possibly enabled and mm-hmm. it's software can be turned on or off. It's very unusual to have a manual on off switch for the Wi-Fi. And the problem, what I noted when I had one of those is that the router gets a software update, right? And boom, it's back on. And you wouldn't know that unless you check. So right. if you've got one, you've got to check on a regular basis. We, we need meters. People need meters yeah. to confirm. It's, meter. just, it's impossible to tell if you don't have one. Yeah, because you, you cannot feel this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like ionized x-rays, you know? Do you feel damage when you get an x-ray? No. Have, no, hell no. Or were you exposed to nuclear radiation or mm-hmm. fallout? You don't feel a darn thing until you're dying. Yeah, not until the third arm starts to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, beautiful. Um, Let's talk about your book, Keto Fast. And like you've talked about some things we could do for EMS, yeah. tightening our feeding window to boost NAD. That's the very first pe- principle. And what I learned in Keto Fast is 
the most important principle is I, I don't recommend water fasting. Why? It's pretty startling yeah. because I thought it was the most powerful metabolic intervention you could ever, that I've ever encountered as a physician. And while that's still the case, there are other mitigating factors that override that consideration. One is the fact that we live in the 21st century. Can you believe that? What's the artifact of that? We have a massive exposure to these industrial toxins, mm -hmm. 80,000 plus toxins. Glyphosate being one of the most important, although it's not, that's water soluble. Most of these toxins are fat soluble to store in your fat cells. Mm -hmm. So when you are doing a multi-day water fasting, you are guess hopefully you're metabolically flexible and you will be. If you weren't, you will be by the end of the five days and you'll be burning fat for fuel, which is a good thing. Uh, and there's probably still some indications for some very sick people where that may be appropriate, but it's not a long-term intervention for anyone, I think. Mm -hmm. It's not their best strategy. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you burn fat for fuel, and you use that as source, those fat-soluble toxins come out. And you have to get rid of them or you're in trouble. And that, that's one of the reasons why most people have, I believe most people have side effects when they fast. Mm -hmm. It's from the liberation of these fat-soluble toxins, toxins that their body fails to metabolize properly and uh, modify them in a way that it can be easily eliminated and excreted. And you also have to wonder, I mean, we, we now know that with EMFs, those contribute to a degradation of the blood-brain barrier. Mm -hmm. And if we're liberating toxins in an individual, a human that has a compromised blood-brain barrier, that could explain that, some of these Not a good toxins. idea. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these, yeah, these toxins are real. There's no question. You can measure them. You can do fat biopsies and send them to the labs. And they're, they're there, I can assure you. I was watching an interesting documentary the other night. We, we reviewed on, this, on our site, but I didn't look at it when we published it. It was the devil, we, Teflon, the devil we know. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's pretty yeah. interesting. Okay. I mean, every one of us has these fluoride metabolism. Every one of us has it because it's pervasive. You know, Scotch guard and Teflon frying pans, and it's just, oh, now, I don't have any, but I'm still, I still have some. So that's why, you know, these, these molecules exist in your body and they're, they're, they can take you out prematurely. So th that's the reason I don't recommend multi-day water fasting. I recommend this partial fast. The partial fast, very simply, is you do this compressed eating window. And then instead of eating your normal breakfast at nine o'clock, say, you would have a, a meal that's about anywhere from three to 600 calories. Okay. That's it. And that's your only meal for the day. So you go another 24 hours. So you're essentially a total of 42 hours where you're only at 600 calories. Oh man, you give yourself like a little teaser meal and then Boom! go back to fasting. Yeah, but listen, if you have a six hour eating window, you're having breakfast, maybe some snacks, like macadamia nuts, a little lunch, you know, little thing. You're only missing two meals. Right. And then, you know, it comes like three o'clock, you're not eating anyway. So you're, you know, six hours, you're in bed. And then you wake up and you're ready to eat. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not that much of a of a, a de depriving your body. Yeah, it really is minor. And the beauty of this, when you do multi-day water fasting, someone like you, you can only do it like four times a year. Otherwise, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, right. And you're not going to do it every month. Right. You know, four times a year, maybe once or twice, four times. So it throws if, you a little off did, your routine too. Yeah, even if you do four times a year, that's a total of twenty days. If you do partial fasting twice a week, that's a hundred days. So you may not get as much of the uh, autophagy activation, some of the benefits, but if you get 80%, 85%, collectively, you're getting a much greater benefit to your body over the long term. Plus, you're not getting the damage from, because during that, that four to 600 calories, I'm gonna talk about what the composition of those calories are in a moment. You're providing your body with the nutrients it needs to help detox those poisons that come out of your body. 
So you're seeing greater benefit because you're providing these supporting nutrients and not leaving the body yeah. with a toxin dump and, and no way of- And one of those important nutrients, especially for someone like you and me, is protein. So the normal recommendation is not to have a lot of protein because protein is thought, and I just watched a podcast with Rhonda Patrick today, who's a brilliant uh, researcher. And she yeah, was promoting the fact that, you know, you want to leave mTOR or protein levels low so you don't activate mTOR and inhibit autophagy. But I think that's flawed because the devil's in the details. And you don't want to have a lot, the, dip, the difference is you don't want to have a lot of protein. So you, I suggest you reduce your protein levels on those days to about 50% of your normal intake, 50% down. So if you have 80 grams, you're taking 40. Okay. And not to have a lot of branch chain. So you wouldn't have whey protein, you wouldn't have meat because that will activate autophagy or mTOR, and right. then you'll, you'll impair autophagy. So you have like collagen, virtually no, no branch chains, lots of, lots of glycine, hydroxyproline, you know, and, and other things, you know, veg, vegetable sources of protein. Like we, I, we have an unbelievably great tasting vegan chocolate protein powder. It's, I oh, saw that. Oh, that is like magic thing. It tastes so good. It's like a chocolate shake, you know. I love to try My that. dad used to take me, we go to this, like one in a million it was called. It was like, oh, it was like a little, I don't know, Dairy Queen clone and franchise back then. And you know, we'd go there once every month or so. We'd have, oh, it was so great. It tastes just like that. Yeah. Really good. But anyway, so you have that vegetable protein uh, and like collagen, you know, where you're not really, so you get the pro, those amino acids can help fuel your detox systems. And then you have a little fat and you, here's the key is you have very low carbs, maybe under 10 grams. Because mm -hmm. then you're really, because I think that magic occurs when you deplete your glycogen levels. And you don't deplete them in, in an 18 hour fast. You do not. You still have plenty of glycogen left. And you'll know. Does that include if you're working out? Yeah, if you're working out, you could probably deplete it. Yeah, okay. yeah you could. Yeah, thanks for the correction. You could. Yeah. You, but normally, you know, normal, like a normal, you know, minor workout won't. But if you're working out heavy, you'll, you, you will deplete them. You're correct. Right. Uh, depends on the workout, too. But yeah, you can easily deplete them. Take a three-hour walk, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And how do you know you're depleting your glycogen levels? Well, guess what? The glycogen has a lot of water with it. So when your glycogen levels go down, you're urinating a lot. <laughs> Did you ever notice that? Yeah. Yeah, it's just your boom. You know, I've been drinking water. Where's all the water coming from? Coming mm -hmm. from depleting your glycogen levels. And that's what you'll do when you go to the 42-hour fast. And that's some of the weight that people lose when they first switch to a low-carb yeah. or a keto diet. And I, every time I partial fast, which is twice a week, uh -huh. and I do it based on how much weight I have, because I won't, I, you know, I, I go up to about 182 and then I go down to 178. Okay. I lose about four pounds in one day and then I'll gain it back in two. And I put it, since I added the protein, because I was only going to about 10, 15 grams of protein, uh, I went to... Uh, 40 grams of protein. And I've noticed a big difference. And that is, this is, I think, my novel discovery, so to speak, because I, I, I have not seen or read this anywhere else. So is it the partial fasting come out with a little higher protein content? Okay. Not, not high up, maybe half your normal content still. It's only one meal, but uh, I think it's, it's a magic thing. And you do that and you feel your detox systems, you activate autophagy, you activate stem cells. Yeah. Which now is, that, that's a really cool thing. And you don't have to pay $10,000 for it. Right, <laughs> or thirty thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, well, they, 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 they get they get up there. Yeah, yeah. So this is brilliant. And now, is there a place for branch chain amino acids outside of the protein, or do you get it all from the protein powder? No, you. I'm food. a huge believer in branch chains. You have to activate mTOR. You've got to put the pedal to the metal. That's okay. when you're working out. Okay. So the next day, and and you probably you got an aura ring on. I'm not wearing it right okay. now, but I've but had, normally you do. I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, when you get a 
90, 95 score, that yeah. you're gonna get those scores after you partial fast. Okay. You, you, because what happens when you're partial fasting, your lowest, one of the major contributors to the readiness score is the, 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 the level of your heart rate and the time that occurs. Right. So like almost every time I do it, my lowest heart rate is like as soon as I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And it just goes up from there. But when I'm not, it's like, you know, an hour before I wake up, right? Right. So that's the cool thing. And then your readiness course goes to the rough and then you like burn it. So that next day after partial fast, you have the branch change, you have the whey protein, you can have meat. Yeah, because you got to activate, you got to activate mTOR to build your muscle, retain it. That's good. Re- regenerate and repair. So you've seen improvements in your sleep scores the days after you do a partial fast. Well, the night of the partial fast. Okay. Yeah. So that's when the sleep score goes to the roof. Deep, deep sleep improves. Yeah. It's, just, it's usually pretty high. Unless I've got some other issue going on, like I might have a little cold or something, then my temperature level goes up and that kind of screws things up. But yeah, my sleep scores are usually in high 80s, typically, which yeah. is a challenge. Typically, it gets me on the aura because it doesn't really assess deep sleep well. Mm. I've got this, the dream. Do you know about the dream? No. The dream is a headband that you wear, really painful to wear. Uh, it's about twice the cost of an aura ring. And it only, pretty much the only thing it does is more accurately measures your sleep cycles because it's a four lead EEG. So it can show you more accurately when you're going to light, deep, REM and uh, sleep. Okay. Yeah, so it, it was showing about twice the levels that Aura did. And you and I had talked, both of us um, have had periods of low deep sleep. Yeah, like yeah. Like REM yeah. is good. And, yeah. and so you believe that that's a, a measurement issue rather than? I, I think it's a, a component of it, yes. Okay. Yeah, but you know, who knows? I mean, maybe even the dream isn't measuring accurately, but uh, it is nice to see it higher. You know, I've never had a problem with REM. Uh, there's many days, I mean, it's pretty unusual to get under three hours and sometimes I'm over five hours of REM sleep. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm always dreaming. It's like, oh, this is great. I can't wait to go to sleep. <laughs> the dreams. And you know what I love? I'm just started doing this now. It's called WILD. What's that? Wake-induced lucid dreaming. Tell me about so, this. Oh, well, you just can, you can, whatever you want to do. You want to be Superman. You want to be flying. You know, you just kind of have this strategy where you get your mind where you're going. You kind of focus and concentrate and then you're doing it. It's like the most amazing thing. It's like virtual reality, you know, it's a better. <laughs> how, how could someone that's listening or me <laughs> get started with wake induced lucid dreaming? I think I, I think I read a, I think I read a book about lucid dreaming. Yeah. It's got all the details. It was really pretty, pretty cool. All right. Lucid dreaming is a cool topic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, before we kind of wrap on keto fast, any, anything else? I mean, if you guys are listening, make sure you pick up Mercola's book, Keto Fast. Yeah, it comes and, out the end of April, April yeah. 30th, but you can pre-order it now. Pre-order it, have it shipped on April yeah. 30th. It definitely is worth the investment. It's a good one because it's a tool for the next two books I have. The next one's on EMF, but this is the foundation. The one on that is the, really going to be, I mean, it's got, it already has 12, 1500 references and it's like 200 pages and I'm not, I, I haven't even finished the draft yet. I mean, I'm about probably halfway through. I mean, it's so comprehensive. Oh, but the problem is to convert it to lay language because it's all, you know, I mean, all references, but most of the references are in the last few years. Because I, I build, I go through about five to 10 studies a day that are just published that day from PubMed. So I'm able to like review it and put it in there and get it all compiled. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I'm impressed that you're able to assimilate and compile such a massive amount of scientific literature yeah, and then like, translate it. You know, you know, there's one word for that, why I'm able to do that. NAD. Yeah. <laughs> it Let's, does radical things. So 
So I, I bet one of the biohacking secrets, which is what your request was, is, is I think the most important supplement I take is NAD. So there's a many different ways to take it. First of all, how much NAD in your body? What's the total amount of NAD? I couldn't begin to guess. Because you're, you're over 200 pounds, aren't you? Yeah, I'm like 205. So you probably have more than this, but in a uh, 75 kilo person, like one set, I'm a little bigger than that, but uh, that would be nine grams, 9,000 milligrams. Okay. Two teaspoons of NAD. Now we say, that's a lot, nine grams. I can take nine grams of NAD a day? No, you know why? Your body recycles 99% of it, 99%. So you're only losing 90 milligrams, but that's in healthy people. If you're exposed to EMF, you might be using four or five times that. So your NAD level goes up, so your, your, your requirements go higher, which is why people get de depleted in it. So I think there's, there's a number of ways to do this. The most important one, I think, because it's a complementary pathway and it's dirt cheap, you can buy this. A year's supply for you and your family costs less than $20. Less than $20, probably $10. It's called niacin powder. Niacin powder? Powder. Okay. You can get it on that very hard to find website called Amazon, <laughs> bulk supplements. And I like the powder because it doesn't have any flow agents in there and there's no preservatives. It's just pure niacin. Simple, nice, not time released. You get the full flush stuff? The potential full flush. You don't want to flush. That flushing is a release of histamine, right. which is related to the consumption of methyl, methyl donors. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't want to go there. You only need about 25 to 50 milligrams. The half-life of NAD is about 12 hours. So you want to do this twice a day, okay. morning and night. 25 milligrams, 50 milligrams. So you get the powder. That is like you get a quarter of a teaspoon and maybe a quarter to an eighth of that quarter teaspoon. Small amount, you know, smaller the better until you get a little flushing and then, you know, then you figure it out the dose. Just that amount, then no more. And then that should be enough because it'll be complement, which I think, which is a far more potent way, which is nicotinamide riboside. There's three supplements. Yeah, this is, nicotinamide riboside was uh, a molecule this, that was discovered by Charles Brenner and uh, he developed it and sold it to Chromadex. So Chromadex owns the license or the patent on it. Uh, so there's, they're the only ones that make this. And there's a number of companies that sell it, but they're the only ones that make it. So everyone has to buy it from them. So it's all the same. Okay. We would sell it if we could, but we can't, we, they won't sell it to us. But so, but I use, so I buy mine from Thorne because it's the best price. Okay. Simple thorn. And I think their the practice is it. It's called Nia. Resveracell. Well, this is Resveracell, but it should be Niacell. Resveratrol okay. is resveratrol and you don't need it. You can just, right. there's better ways to do it. So thorn so, niacel? Thorn niacel, yeah. And I, was, I would take uh, a capsule twice a day. Now you could swallow it, but when you swallow, and there's studies that show that it works when you swallow it, but very clear if you look at the pharmacodynamics, it's metabolized in the liver. And you, you lose a lot of it in the liver. Mm -hmm. So I say, hey, I've done biodynamic, uh, not biodynamic, um, bioidentical hormone therapy replacement for, and I know how to, put, how to insert that. You do it transmucosally. So you can use it in the nasal passage. So you can do intranasal, it's kind of pricey. Uh, or you could, which you can just actually use intranasal NAD, but I still wouldn't recommend that. I'll tell you why, because I'm not finished yet. But you can go intramucosal into the rectal area, which is the, I think the route most people prefer, but if you're a woman, you can use uh, intravaginal too. So, so then the other one is nicotinamide mononucleotide. Uh, which other people use. Now, that actually nicotinamide riboside is converted to NMN in the body. 
So then why wouldn't I take NMN? Good reason, good, great question. Because nicotinamide riboside is the smallest uh, NAD plus precursor. The tiniest one, the one with the least charge, the one that's most easily, readily able to penetrate the cell membrane. And it gets in the cell, it actually gets in the cell. And there's a lot of dispute and it's controversial. There's no science studies that I've seen published that prove that the NAD plus makes it into the cell. And yes, are there anecdotal, there's no published reports on NAD plus working effectively that I've read. Now they may be out there, I just missed it. But the NAD plus is speculated by Brenner and others to actually get metabolized, broken down to the NR and put back into the cell and recreate it. So yes, it's giving you the precursors, but it's an expensive way to do it. Expensive as hell, it's like 700 to $1,000, six hours. Why would you do that? I know Ben Greenfield does it all the time and he's a tough guy to convince. I'm, you know, trying, I feel like I'm his father trying to like, <laughs> mentor him along and give him some stuff, but he's a good guy, I love Ben. He's great. Yeah, so I mean, his heart's in the right place. Uh, the Onnit guys are very big on it too. Aubrey Marcus and Kyle Kingsbury. Yeah, like I, I, I struggle this with, and I might be wrong. I'm not saying I know everything, but from what I reviewed, and I, you know, I, I encourage anyone who disagrees to go and review the literature. And I've re- reviewed hundreds of studies. I've spent many dozens of hours reviewing this stuff, and that's the conclusion I reached. So you can come to your own conclusion. That was mine. So I take NR, and it's relatively inexpensive. NR being nicotinamide 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 riboside. yeah, that's the one to go. And to bypass the oral problem in the liver, uh, first bypass metabolism, first pass metabolism rather, is to use it transmucosally as a suppository. And I'm gonna show you how to do that. Yes. You go to that very (laughs) odd site, really hard, it's called Amazon, and you get a silicone candy mold. And there's 66 wells in here. This is, I don't really clean it because I just use this every time. And you know, it's all going out the butt, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) And then you get a little spatula or a toothpick, and then you fill each of these wells that you're gonna put the suppository in with coconut oil. Now it's gotta be liquid in the summer in Florida, that's not an issue, but at this time of year, it's still a solid. It depends on, if it's over 75 degrees, it's gonna be a liquid, it's under, it's gonna be a solid. Put in some hot water if it's. Well, just heat a real, uh, real gentle flame. Coconut oil, it doesn't take much. You can put it in hot water, it'll turn it to, to, to an oil. And you put it in there, you don't put just a little, maybe half filled a well. And then you take one of the capsules, you put it in here, and then you fill it, then you fill it up the rest with coconut oil and you stir it around. And then fill up as many wells as you want. And then you put it in the fridge. And then literally 20 minutes later, you, you're, they're done. And it looks like this. Oh, wow. That's it. There you go. And you can see, So we're it for, looks like a candy kiss, right? A candy kiss? Yes. Or like and, a and traffic a cone. You put the, right, the, big, the, big side, <laughs> the big side up into your butt first, not the small side. The no, big side? The big side. Come on, I feel I like s- you're pranking us, Mercola. No, I swear to God. <laughs> you know, if you do it the other way, it'll slide right out. Really? Yeah, the big side first, because then it sticks in. If you look at a suppository, the big side goes in first. Okay, that yeah, makes that's sense. Way it is. Yeah, so, so for those of you guys who are listening that don't have the video, Dr. Mercola has a tray here with, I don't know. 66 um, wells. 66 wells. Yeah. And do you do a full capsule of the thorn yes. niacel in each one, each suppository? Yes. Okay. Because the, the niacin is like, the niacin, the NR dose on, it's either 250 or 300. I, it depends on the niacin or the reverberus. I think it's 250. Uh-huh. So I'm getting 500 a day, which is a good dose. I mean, it's still pricey at that level. It's still like 70 bucks a month. But it's a lot less than doing the IVs. A oh, lot more accessible. <laughs> one, yeah, one, one IV will give you like almost a year's worth of this treatment. Yeah. Yeah, easy. 
So if you want to go higher, you can do two capsules. I mean, there's nothing, there's no, there's no danger as far as we know. And NR is naturally, you think, well, this is a synthetic molecule. No, it's, I mean, it was discovered in milk. This is a natural molecule, totally natural. It's not some bizarre synthetic aberration, okay? I stay away from drugs. You know, like a lot of people are doing metformin, even some knuckleheads are doing rapamycin. I mean, not knuckleheads because these are pretty smart people, but uh, I just strongly disagree with it. I was one of those knuckleheads. Yeah, yeah. I tried it, I tried it for a while. Yeah, then, I mean, uh, I, I was tempted, but no, no. I think you can achieve all the benefits of rapamycin and more using natural products. I didn't feel as good on rapamycin at no. various doses. No, I, I, I was tempted, but I didn't do it. Yeah. And metformin is more common. There's so many people using that. Even Sinclair is kind of mm -hmm. knucklehead in some ways from that perspective. He's really smart in NAD and some of these pathways, but he, he doesn't get the big picture. I mean, he doesn't, he's not, I mean, he's not like you or a lot of the, your, your viewers. I mean, that really understand this at a broader level and integrating these comprehensive concepts. Well, it's I not appreciate just, you saying that. It's just not <laughs> NAD. Yeah. It's just not NAD. You know, it's, it's a bigger program. It's the, what you eat, what you exercise, and you know, all this sleeping and all those components. So are you more, in terms of getting the benefits of metformin, are you more of a berberine guy? Yeah, absolutely, if you're gonna use that. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of other AMP, AMPK activators. Right. One that I'm looking at is really intriguing, and I just got turned on to it again, initially from uh, Dave, Dave uh, Asprey, but then again through Peter Atia's uh, interview, recent interview, I think it was last week, uh, with a researcher down at the University of Texas and who's been doing a lot of methylene blue research in Alzheimer's disease. And it was fascinating. I read the literature on it. It is a massively great thing, cheap as can be. Problem is, you know, when he said during the interview that you really should only use the USP grade. Yeah. And it is literally, I spent hours and hours trying to find it. It's like impossible. They don't make it in the US anymore. It's not made. You yeah. should, in some, some countries you can prescribe it yeah. like for urinary tract disorders and stuff. It's been around 130 years, dirt cheap. You can buy it, it's like a dollar a gram, you know, as a powder mm -hmm. and you could probably last you years. You don't need that much, you just need maybe, you know, 50 milligrams or so. Uh, but it's really intriguing. I'm very, and I use it topically. Yeah. You know, there was a paper published in uh, Nature last year, mm -hmm. uh, last January, I think. Unbelievable nature. I mean, and it was, you know, it was, it was the version that's free online. It was like 50, 60 pages. Nature's one of the most prestigious scientific journals in the world. Mm -hmm. And it, just, it couldn't say more glowing things about topical uh, methylene blue to regenerate and improve the, the, the skin. Unbelievable. It's like magic, this stuff. So we know it works topically. There's no question about that. I'm, I'm convinced of the data. Uh, and I think there's a, it's a, it, it works, it's just, it works for a lot of important components, primarily through redox regulation. And yeah. And uh, I, I'm interested in trying it and maybe activating autophagy and AMPK. You're, you're gonna like this. So I'm, I've started using uh, liposomal methylene blue IVs. And- I don't need you to go liposomal. Yeah. I mean, methylene blue is water. So it's, it's like, it's absorbed instantly. It goes into, it's not a problem absorbing methylene blue. Nicotinamide riboside is a potential problem, yeah. especially because the liver metabolism. I don't think it, why were you, why are you doing an IV? Well, that was the form of administration. So I coupled it with, I did 10 pass ozone mm -hmm. with methylene blue mixed in during some of the passes. And then I finished with phosphatidylcholine. How many milligrams? I would have to ask. I did it at KB Holistics okay. down, in, down in Miami and I felt fantastic afterwards. Um, yeah, I've used it orally before, but I felt. Yeah, I would just be really careful. So unless they were, now, methylene blue is available as an IV administration. It's probably what they gave you. And that is available as pricey as can be. I mean, yeah. I just was checked in my insurance company to say, this is like, this 
thousands of dollars for this IV yeah. therapy, but uh, you can get an IV because it's used for a treatment for methemoglobinemia, I believe. Um, and I forget what clinical condition causes it, but it's, it has a valid clinical use. And they do make IV ampules, but it's not a high enough concentration to take it orally. So maybe that's what they gave you. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the only way I can found USP grade. And you don't want, I'm actually sending a sample off today or tomorrow to a lab to measure for heavy metal contaminants from the lab grade stuff, just to see before I swallow the stuff like arsenic, cadmium, mercury, lead. That's good, thank you. See, yeah, so <laughs> I got the connection so I can easily do it. So I'm just gonna find out, send them a bottle and hey, tell me what's in there. Yes, yes. And, and if it is, I can let people know they could just get the stuff, you don't have to worry about it. Because USP grade is like impossible to find. Literally. Yeah, I, I would love to hear what you uh, what you find with the lab tests there, because yeah, yeah. I would get some of that. So before we move into the rapid fire round, you had shared something um, in an interview that I had listened to that really touched me mm -hmm. uh, about losing your mother mm -hmm. and some of the personal growth that you went through. Um, and I think a lot of us can relate to losing someone we love. I mm -hmm. think I've mentioned to you, um, you know, my dad's been fighting Parkinson's and, and doing well, but that whole situation has brought to the forefront the temporary nature of this life existence. Yeah. What was it that, what, what were some of the ways that you evolved as a human being to help move through that and because I know that's not hard. Well, it was a lesson I learned though, it was it evolved me to a higher level or anything. But with respect to your dad, if we're going to answer that question, uh, William Veach is probably one of the top researchers in the world in ketones. His assistant is William Curtis. Is it Bill? Is it, I think William, I think they're both Will. Is it Veach's first name, William? Anyway, Veach, mm -hmm. you know, he, he's been, he's somewhat, He's an old researcher, so he's a cantankerous old guy. He's probably been cantankerous his whole life, but William Curtis has Parkinson's disease. That's why he connected with him first, because he actually does the ketone esters. I don't know if your dad's doing that, but that, if, he, if he has a problem, you could see quite dramatic improvement with the ketone esters. I'll get him on that. Yeah, he and, has and definitely increasing NAD, there's no question. NAD is a, is a massive thing. And there's a lot of other details that can be done for that, because you know, and eliminating cell phone exposure, wireless radiation. So those are the those are key things for your dad because you, you know, depending on how far advanced he is, you can really preserve that function. You can reverse it to a certain extent. I'm pretty convinced. Yeah. Because neurodegenerative disease is reversible, and then and I then believe so. Photobiomodulation, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He does so much better when he comes down to Florida and we're yeah. on the beach, and he's well. But you can do. He's up. He's back in Chicago, so you can still yeah. still do PBM like near infrared lights and yeah. lasers. A lot of things you can do with that. I did, he made, he made, I, made the, uh, the, the violet, but it's a, the, the one with the helmet and the yep. nasal problem. Yeah, I've, I've used that with him when we were up on our family vacation and I noticed within three minutes he was asleep. Yeah, he probably needed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that that's would be for your dad, you know, and anyone right. else that has neurodegenerative diseases. Uh, Alzheimer's being the most common, Parkinson's number two, and then you've got things like ALS, which are pretty catastrophic. So you believe that these neurodegenerative uh, diseases are reversible? I absolutely do. I, I do mean, too. and uh, Dale Bredesen, who's probably one of the most well-respected Alzheimer researchers, I've interviewed him before. He wrote the book *The End of Alzheimer's*, uh, has case reports to prove it, and he's got the Bredesen Protocol, which addresses like 38 variables that are dysfunctional. So, yeah, it's definitely ugh. and. Bradison is really good, really good, but there's a lot of fine tuning that he's not going into. I mean, he's open to it, but I just, I just don't have a really, you know, close relationship with him to dialogue him about that. 
Yeah. And tell us a little bit about this next project. Um, well, I didn't answer your question. So with respect to when my mom passed away, it was probably, I just never loved anyone in my life as much as my mom. And I think that's true for most of us. I mean, but one parent, you know, either your mother or your father. For me, it was my mother. Uh, my dad had, was an Italian. So, he, you know, he got, <laughs> got the, the Italian yeah, mine too. component to it, you know. So, you know, we just never, I never really, and he passed away less than a year ago. But it so, wasn't hard letting him go, letting my mom go. It was unex- and we kind of knew he was going. He was like, almost reached 90. He was just a few months short of it. And he would have died much earlier if he had thalassemia like I do, gave it to me, which is a hereditary anemia that essentially dumps iron into your body, which causes your massive oxidative stress. In his case, he got something called bronze diabetes, type one diabetes from pancreatic oxidation of his beta cells. And um, he had a ferritin level of like 900. Then uh, I was able to find that and identify strategies to lower through massive blood donations and got it down to reasonable levels. And he struggled with diabetes and his doctors had him on insulin, which I disagreed with, but you know, it's like this quasi, it wasn't traditional type two because he was normal body weight. So, and I'm sure he accelerated his death, but he probably had another 20 years. Anyway, my mom died unexpectedly. She was a smoker, had COPD and required oxygen, but she did, other than that, she appeared pretty good. She was a bit frail, required a walker, but she died unexpectedly. And I really loved her to pieces. And it was so sad to see her go and not have the opportunity to say goodbye, you know, which is, I think, you know, the, the downside of having a chronic disease like cancer or even dementia, at least you're with your them and, you know, you can, you know, prepare for it, but this was very sudden. So I had a really tough time with it and struggled quite a lot and was in grief for, I mean, grief is normal. I mean, that's, we did normal to go through that. And, and I wasn't getting better. EFT is magic, emotional freedom technique. And I've used that's it. the tapping, right? The tapping. And I've helped popularize that. And it's been nothing close to a miracle in my practice. But it didn't seem to work for me. I mean, it doesn't mean it doesn't work for everybody. But it didn't work for me. So anyway. In uh, this case. In this case, yeah. Right. And I, you know, I didn't really seek it. I just didn't think it would work. So, and, but then I uh, remembered that Ben Greenville talked about this book. David Hawkins, who is an unbelievable researcher, MD, PhD, who passed. And this was his last book. It was called Letting Go, The Pathway to Surrender. And enormously simple technique, much simpler than EFT, that you can learn just from reading the book. It doesn't require to see a therapist or anything. It's just a matter of understanding the process of being with that feeling and knowing there's pain there and it's okay. Just being with it and just embracing that and letting it and just, and then ultimately it just lets go. And it's the pathway is surrendering to it. And it's just a magnificent book. One of the best books I've ever read. I should read it again because it's just universally applicable. Uh, and it prob- and he's written a lot of great books like Power Versus Force. And I've got a bunch of them here actually. But uh, that was one of his best ones, Pathway to Letting Go of Pathway to Surrender. And I, I, one of my biggest disappointments, there's a number of people who I re- enormously regret never having the opportunity to interview. And he is one of them. The other was Robert Heinlein. Not Robert Heinlein, that was, he was a science fiction author. It was Robert Mendelson, who is a University of Illinois pediatric, professor of pediatrics in, in Chicago, University of Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a staunch anti-vaxxer, one of the first anti-vax doctors. And when he went, and I was in Chicago, and I, went to, I literally went to school, like miles. I'm with Circle Campus. And he was at the U of I Medical Campus. I thought he was a 
was just a quack on steroids. How could he ever think about recommending not someone get vaccines? And I thought, thought he was a disgrace to the profession. And then literally, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight years after he died, I kind of had the epiphany that he was right all along. You know, so he, he took a lot of arrows in the back. What, yeah. what gave you that epiphany? It was a patient. You know, we're taught in medical school to listen to your patients, but very few doctors do. Very few doctors do. They, and it, for a lot of good reasons. You know, they got bills to pay. They've got a 15 minute window. You can't listen to it. The system doesn't allow it, mm-hmm. you know, unless you step out of the box. So, um, but it, you know, you can make it like, I fired like 75% of my patients because they said, listen, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna prescribe drugs. And if you're not on board, you're out of here. 75% of people left. Then I wound up to having a very successful pe- practice. People coming to see me first from all over the place locally, then nationally, then internationally, because you know, word of mouth spread. Because uh, you're doing what you're loving, you're passionate, and it works. But anyway, I list, one of my patients was a mom who was patiently sharing with me her experiences with her son and, you know, how vaccines were a problem. And I finally agreed to listen to her read and, and said, wow, you're right. And started really reviewing the, the information on it. And if you're objective and not barred biased, it's, you, it's hard to come to any other conclusion. And you're rational. and You can think and your brain works. I mean, the evidence is pretty clear. But that's, you know, most people don't do that due diligence and effort to do the research and, and carefully evaluate them. They just rely on the public health authorities and the conventional media that really are totally pharma scams. When you think about the revolving door, I mean, we had the head of the CDC, the governmental regulatory agency responsible for making recommendations for vaccines. The head of the CDC. She quits the CDC and goes to be vice president. The vaccine division, Merck, the biggest manufacturer of vaccines. Oh, Merck. Yeah, Merck. Mm. So it's sad, you know, but anyway, that's part of the reason. So anyway, that, that was how I came to the conclusion about vaccines were not necessarily what you think they are. Okay. And um, time for sponsors. <laughs> yes, yes. So let's, let's take a quick second to check out some awesome biohacks from our sponsors. This episode is also brought to you by Buy Optimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion, characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're going to want to pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production. The second is low enzyme production. And the third is gut dis- dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Bioptimizers Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you are looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to check out the exclusive Biohacking Secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. And we're back with Dr. Mercola for the rapid fire round. All right, get ready. I'm excited to hear some of these answers. Um, This one is going to ease us into the rapid fire round. For someone who knows of the pernicious dangers of EMFs and 5G, 
and is looking for a way to impact how this all unfolds. What can we do? What can people listening do? Well, I think the first and most important step is to do whatever it takes to become convinced that it's true. Because you can know it intellectually, but if you don't have the appreciation and intellectual understanding and believe that this is damaging, just like cigarette smoke is, just like exposure ionizing radiation is, and there's no controversy on those. And then when in your mind, if you believe that those are true, then you'll take action. So you've got to come, and I, I was guilty of this. I mean, I knew it intellectually, but I didn't understand it. And thankfully, I, 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 you know, the excuse was I wasn't exposed to Paul's work because I'm a science guy, so I need the science to understand it. But the science exists, and I'm going, to, it's going to, I'm going deep in my book in EMF, and it's all nice illustrations and everything to understand the, the whole molecular events that occur. So come to that, and then once you have that appreciation, the first steps that we already discussed is, you know, do not have your cell phone on or preferably anyone in your house on unless it's in, unless it's in airplane mode and certainly not your body. Um, that is so crucial. And, you know, some of us have self-inflated uh, 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 idea of our self-importance. <laughs> you know, we, need, we need to be available to everyone all the time. This is not true. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, yes, there are times where you have a sick child or something. There's no question we have to have that. Thank God we have that availability. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe you get a pager or something. There's some, so, you know, where you're connecting. So, you know, you just don't want to have that thing on 24-7. Mm -hmm. So, and then, then getting switching over to Wi-Fi as soon as possible. And Those are the two most important steps. On the legislation side, is there anything we can do to impact having satellites everywhere? <laughs> no, no, I don't think we're going to have any impact that at all. That's, you probably have a better chance of, making people see the light about vaccines and that. Huh. So, and I don't necessarily think that, that we need to, what needs to occur through legislation, you can't go backwards, is that they, there can be shifts and changes in, this, in the technology to make it safer. Like even on cell phones, there's a way you can, you can demodulate the signal. And, and I'm, not from the, I'm not an electronics wizard to understand what's, what can be done, but I do know that they can be modified. So, it, but there's no R&D going into this, how to make it biologically safe because they don't believe it's biologically unsafe. Mm -hmm. So why would they? Because they're, they're using an outdated uh, 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 mechanism that is not valid for assessing the safety of this, this device. Yeah. For someone listening who is willing to suspend disbelief and do their own mm -hmm. investigation on the topic of vaccines, where's the one place you would have them start? It's a great question. Um, well, NVIC is the Barbara Lowe Fisher is probably the, the best place. And especially if you've accepted it, um, the, it's a great support group because they have a portal of different states. They could actually be an activist and go in there and actually make a difference in preserving some of the freedoms that we do have remaining and not making mandatory and compulsory vaccinations for everyone. Um, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys wrote a book and the name escapes me at this point, but I think it's Dissolving Illusions which is really good. It goes, it goes into the historical components because some of the classic examples almost universally that are applied to justify the safety of vaccines is what it did for smallpox or polio. So she decimates those things. Abs literally breaks them apart. I mean, it's just beautiful to how she does it. It's just, it's just magnificent. So I would, that's a definite must. I think it's dissolving illusions. Nice, we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. But it's Suzanne Humphreys. Nice, thank you. What's Dr. Mercola's definition of healthy? 
Oh gosh, it could be. I'd have to reflect on that to, <laughs> to prevent myself saying something I regret next week. Uh, you know, it depends on what you. It depends on how, how you want to characterize that. There's so many different ways you could approach that. You know, I mean, uh, let's skip that. There's ways. <laughs> throw it out. Yeah, throw it out. What's one product you can't live without? And I would say besides the phone or computer, but I know you'd probably do all right without. Oh, it. not a supplement, a product. Any product that you can't live without besides your computer. Or the internet, I think would be the more, you know, how you access it is, access it is another thing. But yes. The internet for sure. This is the probably the greatest development of mankind is the internet. Yeah. Um, hmm. You've got a pretty fancy sauna space out there. That yeah. You use. <laughs> no, but I, I would probably, I'd say healthy food would be the key thing. And I've got okay. a, an acre piece of land next door to me that I'm growing a lot of healthy food. I'm growing some, going to be growing some hemp too, but I've got a lot of good mangoes. Even at this far north, I've got mangoes. I've got thousands of mango blooms going. So healthy food would be one. With respect to supplements, there's so many, but I lo really love NR, nicotinamide my right side, and niacin. I really think getting those NAD levels up is really crucial for health. Yeah. And then, you know, ketone esters are pretty cool, but I don't use them much, and they're expensive as heck, and it's ter certainly not biological. They are a lot. Yeah, yeah. Better uh, than $6,000 a bottle, which is what they used to be during that. Yeah, yeah, now they're only $300 a bottle. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what, what blood test or labs do you recommend most often? Yeah, this is a good question because these ones, I give you a precise answer. I'm pretty confident it's true. The number one thing is vitamin D. Now, you live in Florida, and I don't know. What's your vitamin D level? Usually between 50 and 70. Okay, that's the where it should be. You know, once you go below 50, you start getting into potential dangerous territory because uh, above that, you're probably okay. But I like between 60 and 80, and I'm usually there, and I live further north than you. Uh, not much, but a little bit, a few hours. And uh, just... Yeah, I get it with sunshine, but that, so the vitamin D test is the, is the one that you want to get. And the, the answer is but one, or it's 25 hydroxy D and it should be between 60 and 80. Uh, the number, next sec, second one, it's really a sleeper is, is ferritin. Measure the iron level in your body. And uh, I used to think it was, the acceptable levels were higher. The average person watching this, unless you're a menstruating woman and have heavy flow, you're pointed probably, you may even be too low. You know, it, 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 there's two groups of people who don't need to worry about this necessarily. One is children, and the other is menstruating women. Uh, but if you're adult male, <laughs> or you're postmenopausal woman, you've got a potential problem, almost invariably have a problem. And you will have a ferritin level well over 100. And you know, the human species was not designed to last much longer than after procreation fails. There's no need to as a species, right? So we don't really care if we get cancer, heart disease at 60 or 70. But if you're concerned about that and you want to live to be healthy and beyond 100 and avoid neurodegenerative diseases, then you want to keep your iron levels low because iron is such a big issue because it, it combines with hydrogen peroxide in, through the Fenton reaction in forms of hydroxyl-free radicals, which are really perniciously damaging and cause a lot of oxidative stress, especially in the mitochondria. And, uh, you know, that's not good. It can interfere with your energy generation. So that's why you want to keep it low. And it can increase to, increases your causes, risk of heart disease and cancer. So I like it to keep it about 30 or 40. And the best, there's no supplement to lower it. The best way to do it is just get your blood donated. And, and some people, there's about maybe half the people watching this who can't do that because for whatever reason, you know, if they had a previous infection or 
Uh, they just can't. So then you can get a phlebotomy or you can learn how to draw your own blood and just take a few ounces out every month, you know, <laughs> until it gets down low enough. And that's actually better than donating blood. But interesting, the studies show that people who donate blood two or three times a year, they live significantly longer than those who don't. And they do it through this mechanism. And that's one of the reasons why, I was confused on this initially, but one of the reasons why women, postmenopausal, that women tend to have less heart disease than men because they have lower iron when they're menstruating. But that that's, tends to be premenopausal, when it goes postmenopausal, it changes. Right. And I thought that was due to that hormone. And I got, you know, I remember my initial story, when I graduated medical school, I was a speak, paid speaker for the drug companies. It was on hormone replacement therapy. And boy, was I wrong. I was wrong on steroids. And I quit that after a few years. We flying me all over the country with flesh and doctors about this. And I stopped that, but you know, that was one of my big things was hormone replacement therapy. But it turns out there was a published, study published in the early 2000s, Women's Health Initiative that Prove definitively how dangerous it was, especially synthetic progesterone. So I was promoting it, but you know, I'm not opposed to a bioidentical hormone replacement there, but the synthetic ones are pretty darn damaging. Right. Yeah. yeah. Last two rapid fire questions. Yeah. Deuterium depleted water or hydrogen molecular hydrogen water? There's no comparison. It's uh, it's molecular hydrogen. This that is probably another one. It may even be higher than NAD. In our, I probably, I forgot about the molecular hydrogen, but it's, it's just, it's just part of my life. You know, I just, yeah, I, I think that is, that is the bomb. I mean, it, we didn't talk about it, but, and we don't really talk about it on the site. We, we're, we don't sell it yet because we've taken a year and a half to create a grass supplement, generally recognized as safe, that has the formal certification because we don't sell non-grass stuff on our site. So it's going to be probably the same as the other stuff, but we didn't, wasn't certified. So I had to go through the process. So we're going to sell it at some point real soon, probably in the next few months. It's, Formerly, it's in the FDA, wherever governmental leaders is doing that. But that it, it is a, one of my good friends is Tyler LeBaron. I'm yeah. sure you know of, and I've I've kind of helped promote him. And he is he's a sharp guy. Not only is he one of the sharpest, most intelligent guys I know. We just have the greatest. I mean, I'll drive down to South Florida with him, and you know, for three hours, we're just like the best. Oh, you guys got to come hang out. <laughs> oh, it was unbelievable. He is so magnificent. But he he's like one of the fittest guys I know. I don't know if you know that about him. But he's, this is a guy like 30 years old that can deadlift like 450 pounds and run a 230 marathon. Wow. Not many people on the planet can do that. Right. He's, he's probably one of the fittest guys I know. All around fitness, you know, not like yeah. deadlift 500 or, or a, a thousand pounds like some people, but you know, he's or pretty can't run up a flight of stairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, molecular hydrogen. And I, I have a bunch of DDW, deuterium depleted water, but and I've used it. I've had the test done by Dr. Q, I forget what this stands for, but the, the, they're the only company that does it. And my levels were actually relatively high. And I, I, I'm not sure why that is. So, I mean, it's it's interesting. Domino Diagostino is a big fan of it, I know. And I, I suspect there's some merit. I'm not convinced yet. Right. And I could be just delusional and stupid, but you know, I just think there's like no comparison. I mean, molecular hydrogen is a must. Yeah. And you don't want to be drinking molecular hydrogen all day long. You want to pulse it, boom, boom, boom. Because that's when you get the, it's kind of like, it's kind of like pulsing with the uh, protein and you know, mTOR mm -hmm. activation. So you, if you take it continuously all the time, it doesn't work. It just, you just have to hit it in these little cycles and it makes up and it, it's a hormetic response. It's just, it, it, probably, it, it probably increases telomeres or at least is, decreases telomere attrition. Uh, it activates the NRF2 pathway. It increases, inhibits NOx, which is nitrogen oxide, NADPH oxidase, which you know lowers NADPH levels. 
So if it inhibits it, it raises NADPH levels, which is a very good thing. Uh, it's just, that thing is like close to magic. It is, I mean, it's, most people, and it's, your dad should be on it too. He is, we yeah. got him, yeah, yeah. we got him the Trucy machine yeah, yeah. through the case study. Well, see, see that, that's the problem, because if you have the machine, yeah. you're taking it continuously. Right. It's not the best way to take it. Tablets. The tablets would be better. I'm, okay. I'm pretty convinced of that. Maybe three tablets a day. Yeah. Not at the same time, maybe pulse up, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know, because uh, you need high dose. So the, 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 the water is only going to be, I think it's like one or two parts per million, where the tablets can go up to nine. Yeah. You know, so you get much higher concentration. You do two tablets, <laughs> you can get higher. But yeah, your body likes a lot of it, short frame, and then let, let it do its work for three or four or five hours. And then just do it again and again. Awesome. And we'll link to the tablets and uh, the Trucy machine. And then you'll let us know when yours yeah. comes I mean, I, they gave me a Trucy machine and I gave it to my girlfriend. She, yeah. She's, yeah. She's not as... She probably gets the best hand-me-downs. Yeah, she gets some pretty good ones. But uh, she turns out to be a distributor because, you yeah, know, we have very rigid criteria how we can you know, promote on our site. And then she doesn't. So she was able to promote them and actually special. But I'm not... A, I, I wouldn't use it. There was no way I was going to use it. Because it wasn't because it was wasn't pulsed, right. Okay. Yeah. Now you could probably figure, and it's a low concentration. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine you could probably get it a large amount and chug it and then have that. Yeah, but then drinking all that water. Yeah, it's know, a lot of water. Do you want to do that? It was just unphysiologic, so I just rather do it with the, the, the pulsing. Last rapid fire question. How do you get motivated and stay motivated? Question, that's a good question. I won't take a pass on that one. Uh, I think it all boils down to having purpose, you know, really being being knowing what your gifts are. And I feel very privileged to have the position I do in life, to have this platform and to have created a business entity that allows me to essentially do things that I'm passionate about and to delegate almost everything else that I'm not passionate about. I don't have to do almost anything that doesn't really, you know, it's not one of my unique abilities, which is essentially being able to connect to some really bright people and read the literature and, and compile this in a way that can serve people and help them understand how to stay healthy. And from a selfish perspective, it's for myself too. Like I'm writing this longevity book, is you know, how to keep me healthy into at least for the next 30 years or so, so that I can access some of the technology that's coming. And there are some really exciting things you may not be aware of, like the ep epigenetic clock and DNA methylation. The Horvath clock? Hor Horvath clock, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that is I've like- I've done that as part of measuring my biological age. Okay, that's, I, I've not done that yet, but I think those Yamanaka factors and, you know, and I've had this discussion with Bill Andrews, who's like probably the king of telomeres. You know what Bill Andrews is. Yeah. So, and he believes that is my, probably is related to the telomeres, you know, so, which is interesting. But anyway, that, it's, it's sort of a tangent, but, um, so, you know, I want to live, selfishly have that knowledge so I can apply it, so I can ex do these things that have not yet been discovered and successfully gone through trials to know to actually reset that biological clock, which I think is possible. I think those studies have proven it, that you can, you know, we get back to the pluripotent cells. So will we do it in my life? Maybe, maybe not, but you know, if you don't live to hundred, we won't find out, right? So, right. And live, live it with, you know, one of the things my parents taught me is to, is to not be frail. And it was really very sad to see them, you know, lose their mobility and rely on walkers as they aged. And it was really sad. And because I live in Florida, they live in Chicago, and they would never come down because they were frail and just didn't want to go through the challenge. So, you know, I'm you motivated. Knew it would help them. I'm sorry? And you knew it would help them. 
coming down and spending some time. Well, there. yeah, just to visit, you know, just to see it. And just being here in the cold winter, you know, we're recording this after the last week when Chicago was 20 below without the chill factor, 20 below. Right. It was a, there was a 70 degree difference between where we live in Chicago, probably 80 degrees where you're at. So it was pretty crazy. But anyway, so that's it, just being motivated. And, you know, I'm just excited because every day, I mean, I these two... I just don't know what's going to unfold. You know, all this new, exciting information I'm going to learn because I'm a lifelong learner. So that's what I love to do. And I have the opportunity to do it and help people uh, as a side effect of that. Well, Dr. Mercola, on, on behalf of all the listeners and myself, you've been an inspiration and a, a mentor for me long before we ever communicated. And I very much appreciate the work you're doing. And uh, you've, you've, created a path for many of us to follow. Yeah, yeah, well, it's important. I mean, gotta have people bring up the rear because I'm not gonna be around here forever. Yeah, that's for darn sure. I mean, if I live it to be over 100, 150, or 180, as Dave Asprey was said, but uh, yeah, someone's gotta bring up the rear. And it's so good to see people like you've embraced this information and are, and are you know, pushing the limits and teaching it to other people because that's what we need. You know, we really do need that. So thanks for Thank all the work you. you're doing. Thank you. Appreciate it. And for people who want to stay up to date on, you know, people that want to pick up Keto Fast, your EMF book, your book. Yeah, on it's all on that really obscure website called Amazon.com. Amazon. Yeah. Or subscribe to our newsletter. We have a free daily newsletter that comes in. Uh, there'll always be some special offers with Keto Fast comes up. I'm maybe, maybe giving, uh, I don't know what it is, not discounts on the book, but other additional resources, materials for it. We subscribe at Mercola.com. Yeah. Mercola.com. Just, yeah comes up real easy and uh yeah it's it's a good resource i mean you could there's a lot of good information we've got an amazing team that puts together the content you know that finds it and writes it and i edited it you guys do a great job and you include resources you're now fact checking articles yeah, with yeah. other other established our, authorities. our attempt to get bypass the uh, google uh, penalty <laughs> i don't know it'll work but yeah. <laughs> well this is beautiful guys Signing off, this is Anthony DiClemente, Biohacking Secrets, and Dr. Joseph Mercola reminding you, don't treat the symptoms, find the root cause, and you too can have superhuman health. We'll talk to you guys soon in another episode. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is also brought to you by the Organifi Biohacker Bundle. Organifi makes the best-selling greens juice on the market, but they also make an incredible gold juice that I drink almost every night before bed, a red juice that's loaded with antioxidants and phytonutrients, and a really delicious vegan protein. So we created the Biohacker Bundle as a way for you to get all of their best-selling products the same way that I take them on a daily basis. I do the greens in the morning. I do the red in the afternoon as a little pick-me-up. I use the protein post-workout, and I do the gold at night before bed to help wind down and decrease inflammation from the day so that I feel more cool, calm, and collected going into a deep, restful night's sleep. I love the Biohacker Bundle. It's, a, it's been a game changer for me, and if you guys want to check it out, we've hooked you up with a nice discount on all of those products. To get it, you go to Organifi.com forward slash biohacks. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash biohacks now. Now.